Welcome to Dear Human Resources. In each episode, you'll hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers, with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources. In this episode, Thomas Teodorovich, who is a postdoctoral researcher at the Harvest Business School, discusses how employees have been using what used to be their commute time to work and the impact on their well-being during the COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome, Thomas. Hi, Marie. Thank you for having me. Thomas Teodorovich is a postdoctoral researcher at the Harvard Business School, where he works in the Laboratory for Innovation Science. More specifically, he works on a National Science Foundation-funded project about the future of work, which was awarded to Harvard Business School professor Rafaela Sadun. Thomas is originally from Brazil, where he earned a PhD in business economics. His research focuses on strategic management in sectors with high social impact on the management of strategic human capital resources and on the future of work. During the COVID-19 pandemic, millions of workers suddenly shifted their activity out of their offices and into their homes. Before the pandemic, about five to 15% of Americans worked from home. As of April, 2020, about 50% of those who were employed pre-COVID reported working from home. And this shift to work from home means that fewer Americans spent time commuting to work. This sudden shift has the potential to cause dramatic and still unknown effects on workers' behavior, as well as their productivity and well-being. Thomas, you and your colleagues recently published an article in the Harvard Business Review about how during the COVID-19 pandemic, the forced transition to work from home arrangements changed the allocation of time across different activities. And specifically, how knowledge workers have been using the time they used to spend commuting to work. Can you tell our listeners why you focused on knowledge workers specifically? I think that before getting on why we focus on knowledge workers, it's, it's good for the listeners to understand what a knowledge worker is. So over time, uh, economists and management scholars, they have studied the difference between work types and occupations that require cognitive abilities, whether they task are repetitive and non-repetitive. And by this analysis, economists and managers essentially divided work in what is a knowledge worker. So essentially, workers that have non-repetitive cognitive tasks. So what does that mean, non-repetitive cognitive tasks? Essentially means that the worker has to resolve problems that they, they come up on spot and that they have to think about it. So imagine a manager. So manager faces a new situation every day and they have to think about how to solve that problem. This is the knowledge worker for us. Alternatively, a non-knowledge worker would have either repetitive tasks or manual tasks, for instance, cash teller or a janitor. So the reason why we focus on knowledge workers in our study is that the importance of knowledge work has dramatically increased in the US economy over the past 30 years. Currently, 38% of the workforce are in the US and 40% of the workforce in Europe, for instance, are comprised of knowledge workers. And these knowledge workers make up the bulk of almost 50% of all payment in the US. Specifically, when talking about working from home, knowledge workers are special because they have the activities that companies can actually outsource to home. 
there's a study from uh, Chicago that found that 37% of the jobs in the U.S. can be performed entirely at home. And more than that, those jobs account for 46% of U.S. wages. And that has been shown to be true across, across many settings. That means that not only knowledge work is becoming important, but knowledge work is closely connected to working from home. And the third thing that makes us interested in knowledge work is that working from home creates a new challenge for coordination tasks. For instance, managerial tasks, executive, they have teams of workers that need to be somehow coordinated in order to achieve productive ends. And the question to us uh, that was perhaps the most interesting was, how do working from home affect managers? And essentially, these are the three, the three reasons why we focus on working from home. Mm. And perhaps the fourth reason is that uh, our project is essentially an interdisciplinary project about the office of the future. And in the future, as we expect knowledge workers to become more and more prominent, these are the type of workers that we need to focus on. So how did you go about conducting your study with knowledge workers? That's an interesting question because the method that we apply goes a little bit differently than methods we have seen before in the literature. So during the, part, the early months of the COVID pandemic, we've seen a rise of research that simply asked knowledge workers how they allocated the time now and asked them to compare how that differed from their allocation of time before the COVID pandemic. Although there are lots of benefits of asking workers to do this in such comparison, that data can be severely biased since workers may simply forget how the effects of the worked before the pandemic and because usually the data was collected too close to the initial shock. And that essentially may bias every perception because workers may be in overwork mode just dealing with the significant impacts that the pandemic had in the organizations. So what we have is data that draws on the psychological and economics literature, which is called data collected by a daily reconstruction method. So how that goes is that we essentially ask a knowledge worker to fill in a time diary about their last representative working day. And so since they wake up until they go to bed, we ask them to list all activities that they engage in the day in detail. So essentially they all tell that when a meeting started, when the meeting ended, when they had personal time, when they went for lunch. And with that, we can map the work day. And what we had is we had already conducted a time use, day, a time use survey like that in August 2019 with knowledge workers gathered by a survey uh, company. So using that data that already had pre-pandemic data, we hired the same company to conduct the same survey for a new set of knowledge workers in August 2020. And then what we do is we, we, co we compare how time allocation in the sample pre-COVID differ from time allocation in the sample post-COVID. And what's interesting is that we, not only we focus on knowledge workers, but we can also differentiate which knowledge workers have managerial responsibilities and which knowledge workers do not have managerial responsibilities. And with that, we can ask ourselves questions like, what type of work activities um, are different post and pre-pandemic across managers and managers? And then we can get a broader picture on how the nature of work has changed. How many employees did you survey? How many knowledge workers did you survey? So we served around 600 knowledge workers, both before the pandemic and after the pandemic. And we just have to bear in mind that these are not the same knowledge workers, but they were sampled so that they would be representative of the 2018 population of knowledge workers in the US. Your research findings 
indicate that the forced transition to work from home created by the pandemic was associated with a drastic reduction in commuting time and an increase in time spent in work and personal activities. Can you tell us more about that? So I think the, f- the first part of our findings is relatively obvious in the sense that as the economy transitioned to a working from home economy, people essentially did not commute anymore. Even though we, we have some case in the data that people like essential workers did commute. So that's not really the interesting part, even though it's good to validate that people are effectively not commuting. What was interesting is to understand where did that commuting time go? For people who do not commute anymore, what are they doing now? Are they doing personal tasks? Are they doing work-related tasks? Are they dividing the extra time between personal and work time? And essentially what we found was that on average, workers are not working more hours during the day. Effectively, all the extra community time seems to be going on average to personal activities like lunch, dining, or taking care of, of children and family tasks. So there's no average increase in work. However, what we see is that there's a difference in how the work is distributed during the day. So what we have is that instead of having a nine to five traditional working day, people are starting their work hours earlier and ending their work hours later. So there is a stretch of the work day that essentially increases by 43 minutes. However, during those 43 minutes, people engage in personal activities and intertwine personal to work life. Beyond that, what's interesting is that when we compare workers that have to coordinate activities in their firm, managers, to workers that do not, we see that the changes in the working day vary differently. While a lot of the extra commuting time goes to personal time in non-managers, we see that managers effectively recoup almost no personal time and they are the ones who are effectively working more during the COVID pandemic. If you see the work range, so the difference between the first work activity and the last work activity, the work range of managers increased by one hour. This extra time is especially used for interactive tasks, such as meeting phone calls and video conferences. And what we also find is that the more complex this coordination task is, which essentially we measure by evaluating whether a manager is from a large firm or from a small firm, we see that managers with more complex coordination tasks are the ones carrying a heavier burden and that the ones that are conducting more meetings and engaging in a longer workday. You and your colleagues wanted to find out how employees perceived their overall life well-being. And on the share of time, they reported being, I quote, in a positive mood in the day. So what were the results of your analysis? Marie, I'll be frank with you. Our results were striking in a way that surprised all of us. Most of the people in our team, we really valued the office space for the water cooler chat, for the coffee after conferences, and even for for getting together for lunch. So while we were struck really negatively by working from home, and we expected knowledge workers to do the same, that's not really supported by the data. What we find is that when we compare simple measures of how people perceive their life, well-being, or even uh, a score on how on the share of the data they report being in a positive mood, 
we see no differences on average and no differences in several cuts of the data when we compare the sample of knowledge workers before the COVID pandemic and after the COVID pandemic. For sure, there may be some cuts of the data that we haven't evaluated yet that could lead to some differences, but we don't find any general trend. Also a caveat is that some individuals who may, who may be unemployed currently or that they may be facing a harsher time, they may have not been a part of our sample, even though we tried to keep the sample representative. So these results should be interpreted with caution. But I think what's interesting is that we, don't, we, we see a potentially bright future for working from home if it doesn't affect life well-being that much. And one explanation that work from home can be beneficial that at least does not affect um, life well-being in a negative way is that we as humans, we are adaptable to new work arrangements. And we have some data that supports this idea. So when we asked individuals in the post-COVID survey to compare their perceptions about working from home now to how their perceptions about working from home had been before the pandemic, almost 66% of our respondents reported that they, they are more optimistic about working from home arrangements. And this is somehow aligned with our findings. So what would you say is the, the most significant finding for both workers and for HR professionals? I think the most significant finding for workers is that our results are aligned with the idea that it is possible to work from home, even if you have, if you have a personal life outside work, let's say. We can't find any significant impacts on well-being and there even a positive effect on you allocating more time for personal tasks. So instead of being against working from home arrangements, I would say that our results would positively influence how workers think about working from home versus working from the office. Surely there are caveats since we do not assess productivity effects, so their workers may be more or less productive, even though we there are data in both in the economics literature and in the management literature showing that working from home can indeed increase the productivity of individuals. For HR professionals, I would say that perhaps an advice from our research is that they should take a, a deeper care of managers because managers, due to the nature of their works of coordinating tasks across individuals, they may be carrying a heavier burden when work arrangements create additional costs for coordinations. If you simply can't go to someone's desk and ask them to conduct a task or have an in-person meeting where you can read people's, people's faces during while you talk, coordination becomes trickier and they may lead managers to have a potentially a more difficult job. So essentially HR professionals should take a look at managers and see how can I, how can I best support managers in conducting these tasks. So if we go even beyond HR professionals, maybe one suggest is that HR professionals could talk to engineers and computer scientists and try to, try to ask them, what are the new types of technologies that can best support managers like virtual interaction tools or, ta or technologies that allow managers to get back to work once they are interrupted? So essentially that could give HR managers a good idea on how to use technology enabled solutions to help managers. So I was going to ask you to give us a breakthrough idea about how professionals, HR professionals can help knowledge workers be more productive during the pandemic while also balancing life 
and work? And you kind of answer that question. Anything else you could suggest? So I think the balancing life and work is a tricky question, but HR professionals definitely have a role to play here. Because HR professionals have to remind workers, especially those who are working for longer hours, that they need to stop. They need to reflect their, their life beyond work. So that will be one first. It's not necessarily a breakthrough idea, but a suggestion. The breakthrough idea that I would double down is, the, is that HR professionals should interact with technology professionals to come up with solutions for improving both the potential for coordination tasks and the potential for managers to ease their burden during a working from home reality. Thank you, Thomas, for sharing your insights on how employees have been using what used to be their commute time to work and the impact on their well-being during the pandemic. Thank you, Marie. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dear Human Resources. In each episode, you will hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers, with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources.